Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, Digital Addiction 101, Part 1. Uh, this is a Part 1 of a three-part series that we're doing to educate the public basically on uh, digital addiction and self-regulation. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. Women diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood are more likely to have depression, be stressed, and have low self-esteem. It's recommended they talk to a professional to develop better life and stress management strategies. But here are some tips. Identify the sources of stress and make changes. Develop healthy self-care habits, such as getting adequate sleep, exercise, and good nutrition. To learn more about ADHD in women, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, everybody, I'm uh, really excited about our show tonight. Jan, tell us about our special guest. Jeff, we're happy to have Dr. Clifford Sussman as our guest. He's a child and adolescent psychiatrist and psychotherapist who's been a pioneer in recognizing and treating Internet gaming disorders since 2008. This was long before it became recognized by the World Health Organization as an official diagnosis. As an expert consultant, Dr. Sussman helped develop the first digital use disorder track at Karen Renaissance Treatment Center in Boca Raton, Florida. He is a frequent educator and presenter on this topic, and he trains other clinicians as well. As a programmer, software developer, and gamer himself, he is dedicated to helping people achieve healthier, more balanced relationships with digital technology. You can learn more about Dr. Sussman at CliffordSussmanMD.com. Okay. Dr. Sussman, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Uh, I'm spectacular, and I'm, I'm blessed. It's been a long time since you and I connected and did a show years ago. By, by the way, we had a fun time one time uh, doing a show at private school in, um, 
in DC where uh, we fielded questions from kids with ADHD and answered them. And it was interesting. It was like kids asked the darndest things. And I remember some of the questions yeah. being really kind of bizarre. It was a lot of fun. So uh, uh, that was spectacular. And we're glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, yeah. That um, one was on substance abuse and ADHD. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. So I want to talk about digital addiction and we're doing a kind of a three-part series on this. We want to talk a lot about the biology of digital addiction, and we're going to talk about some of the issues associated with it and the kind of treatment. But I want to focus this show on the biology part of it because it really does start with the biology and the circuitry of the, of the brain. Can you just talk to us a little bit about brain biology and the pleasure areas in dopamine, and we'll go from there? Sure, sure. I'd be happy to. I mean, I think that's a good place to start. Uh, the brain is incredibly complicated, and we've done many, many imaging studies on all types of addictions, and more recently we've done a lot on people with problematic um, gaming and other types of Internet-related problems. And one thing that's consistent in a bunch of different disorders, ADHD, substance use, um, as well as um, excessive use of the internet or games is that it involves um, dysfunction in the what's called the mesolimbic dopamine pathway which is um, a, a bunch it's like a, a circuit that goes from the innermost part of the brain um, like right in the center uh, yep. where the dopamine is produced uh, it goes through the what's called the ventral tegmental area, and it goes through a, an area of the brain called the striatum, which is right, um, which, which is like a bunch of different tracks of, mm -hmm. of nerve cells, and it goes out to the um, what's called the executive functioning areas of the brain, such as the prefrontal mm -hmm. cortex. So this pathway is like a circuit. There, there, there. Um, uh, dopamine is is a neurotransmitter that's um, primarily involved in the processing of pleasure and reward, um, and you know our 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 nerve cells release it when we're um, anticipating reward, or when we're receiving reward, or when we're receiving pleasure. And um, the so the the circuit I was describing is is really a circuit of neurons that yep. release dopamine to the next neuron. Yep. Yep. It kind of yep. works like an electrical wire. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 if, if I may, it's funny because um, I was reading something to Dr. Thomas Brown. He says, you know, your brain's a low voltage or electrical system and literally a wave of electricity travels down a neuron or the pathways, right. in which case you're talking, it's, 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 it's got like an ecosystem, if you will, but it's got like a trail that's going to travel to get through that stuff. And when it gets to the synaptic gap, which is a space between neurons, it's got to jump that gap, which is really where the the neurotransmitters come into play and specific dopamines. Is that an accurate statement? Yes, absolutely. Um, so what you're describing, that gap that you're describing is called the synapse, and it, and yep. it really is where a lot of things are going on. Um, and you can describe uh, somebody um, playing a video game excessively or um, in, in, in context of this synapse. Like you mm -hmm. can say that when somebody is, um, you know, receiving the type of instant gratification that you often get when you're playing a video game where um, there's a lot of short-term reward and short-term gain, mm -hmm. not just from the things you might 
like when playing a video game, but also from the uh, the 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 aspects of the video game that you associate with winning. Uh, mm-hmm. In other words, like there's a conditioned response. So you'll mm-hmm. see, for example, like a little bomb in Candy Crush, and you'll associate mm-hmm. that with the anticipation of an explosion. And you know that it can happen right away in any minute and at random intervals. And all mm-hmm. those factors create a much bigger release of dopamine for an activity like that yep. than an yep. activity where you have to wait to get a reward. Yep, yep. So, so the, effectively, the reward neurotransmitter in the brain would be dopamine and the release, a lot of release of dopamine is really the pleasure area that the brain likes. I mean, it's very oversimplified, but would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, And then there's of course the the sustained effect of um, tremendous dopamine release uh, over hours and hours on this pathway. Yeah. But, but one of the things I want to relate to, I was interviewing um, Dr. Um, Kenneth Bloom some years ago about the release of dopamine and it's like it's really it dopamine isn't I'm happy and I'm gay it's like yeah so like an orgasm or when you take nicotine or cocaine or those types of things my understand or uh, chocolate and even music those things are a big release of dopamine that the brain likes and kind of craves yes and just in raw context, is that, is that accurate? So it's like it's that pleasure yes. center that the brain, the brain chases. And to yeah. me, it's always been like the brain is it's like the brain is like pushing the lever, like Pavlov's dogs. Like if it pushes the lever and it gets the dopamine, yep. it keeps pushing the lever. And if it pushes the lever and it doesn't get the dopamine, it's going to go find another lever to push. This phenomenon that you're describing is actually exaggerated in the brains of people with both ADHD and excessive gaming. In other words, um, there's um, a much greater reinforcement going on in those brains and a much lower tolerance of waiting for it. And and I want to pick that up after break, but while we're in that gap, certain things release the dopamine and the the anticipation of that stuff and – after that dopamine is released, then it's reuptake. It's kind of like it's almost like sprayed, like hairsprayed into the synaptic gap, and then it, is it sucked back? I mean, again, I'm really simplifying that, but just for our simple terms of our listeners, is that accurate? It's it's shot into the gap and then sucked back in. Well, it, it's the dopamine leaves the synapse in two in, in two different ways. It can be it can be reuptake as you're describing neuron that 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 sent it out. The, which okay. would be the presynaptic neuron, the the, the neuron yep. before the synapse. It, it can also be received by a, a receptor on the postsynaptic neuron, um, which is how we actually send the pleasure, continue to send the pleasure signal down um, uh, the pathway. And that's actually where a lot of the theories um, describe what's going on is is actually in the postsynaptic receptors. Although there is a lot of research that needs to be done on the reuptake pathways as well as as they apply to like gaming addictions. So one of the things that I've heard over years is people will talk about a, a, like a chemical imbalance and stuff like that. It seems to me right. that it's not, it's not quite. I always have thought of it more of a mechanical. It's it's the release and the adjustment of the dopamine that doesn't quite work like the general population as opposed to really a chemical imbalance. So is that, is that kind of an accurate, it's more of a mechanical thing than a, like an excess amount or is well, it really? 
It's hard to say because, you know, it's very difficult to prove these theories because the brain is so complicated. And I think, well put. Uh, you know, that, that's, that they're, they're both um, valid theories, you know, and, and yep. I mean, chemical imbalance is sort of very vague. And, you yep. know, maybe it could even be describing, you know, exactly what you're saying. So, um, I mean, they are chemicals. Neuro, neurotransmitters are chemicals. Um, so... You know, it's it's hard to say if um, exactly which process or which mechanism is, um, I, I would say, abnormal in okay. the brains of different types of individuals. Uh, you know, I think some of the most interesting theories speak about it more generally. Like they talk about okay. inhibitory processes in the brain and um, uh, and pleasure processes so you really have two competing systems uh, you and and they 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 share a lot of common pathways but one system is the system that makes you resist a reward that makes you wait to get the reward yep. later and, okay. and that that's inhibition and that's a very higher level process and then there's another system that's more sort of primitive and primal that's like the go system that like you know it, uh, give me, give me, give me, give me stimulation, give me, and the two are always sort of fighting each other. Absolutely. Please remember, I want to come right back exactly to that after the break, because this is, this is a great kind of segue to kind of get into post up. I want to go to a break real quick. Everybody, you need to go to uh, Dr. Sussman's website, and he's, he's got some links to some great videos that sh visually show, re represent this, which are spectacular, and he's also got a lot of other stuff that's going to come really pretty soon for those that are listening to the show, maybe six months, even a year after it's being aired. His website is Clifford Sussman, S-U-S-S-M-A-N-M-D.com. Our secret word tonight is part one. Again, our secret word is part one. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Uh, Clifford Sussman, and we're talking about digital addiction in a three-part series. And right now, we're just trying to understand the biology. I think this is important because it's when, you, when you're dealing with some people, I, I know I work a lot of people with ADHD, and I, ADHD is not their character. It's not their soul. It's not their heart. A lot of it comes down to differences in wiring, and we're talking a lot about um, the pleasure pathways right, right now. And this really kind of segues into uh, really kind of – you were talking before the break, I think, more of a higher-level functioning brain and a more primitive kind of functioning brain. Could you speak to that just for a second? Yeah, yeah. I was talking about how there's a part of our brain that's really um, – meant to inhibit our behaviors to like that commercial you were just that i just heard about how mm -hmm. um 
we need a we need to pause a lot of the time the best approach to ADHD is to learn to pause before we act um to not uh-huh. be impulsive to to basically inhibit our behavior and the brains of people with ADHD tend to be disinhibited um and then there's the other part of the brain that seeks stimulation that wants pleasure um you know we, this was the part that we needed to survive when we were cavemen because, you know, you, you were hungry, you needed to eat. You know, if, if you wanted to reproduce, you needed to have sex. So it was very important to um, be driven by seeking pleasure and seeking stimulation. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the technology has evolved a lot faster than our brains have, and now you can just very easily get stimulation and pleasure constantly, which satisf- satisfies that other part of the brain that's at odds Yep. With with the inhibitory side and they're both very um they both overlap in a lot of in, in the areas of the brain they they take over. I mean, they're both yep. largely at play in that in that dopamine pathway I described. Yep. So, in in the next show, we're going to really want to get into technology and and stuff. It's really kind of advanced with regard to dopamine, but for our purposes here as what you've talked about, I talked to Dr. Russell Barkley years ago, and he said, think about the brain as a two-level system. You have the automatic brain or the primitive pleasure-seeking brain. And right. I also talk about, like, I'm, uh, I'm right-handed, so that's kind of like my – I don't think reach out with my right hand. It's kind of baked in, and after a while, sometimes our habits can become baked in. But then there's the executive functioning brain, which is the, mm-hmm. is the effortful. And we need to use that executive functioning brain effortly to override that primitive brain. And when we start talking about – um, dopamine, and we're, we're in this space where we're starting to understand what's happened in this gap, and our brain is drawn to these pleasure-seeking things to procreate and to get food, and we're starting to talk about where we are right now. It's very effortful where a person has to engage and override um, mm-hmm. that primitive brain and inhibit what's going on, which is also starting to kind of, as, as you described, those with ADHD have more difficulty with this area than the rest of yes. the population um, because there's a high correlation between what we're talking about, between substance abuse, ADHD, game addiction, and among other things. And a lot of that yeah. comes back to this, this dopamine pleasure-seeking thing and the ability to stop and override it. And this is tough space. Is, mm-hmm. is that over, did I oversimplify that, or is, it, is that, you know, for a working model, worth a context for us to understand? I mean, that's, that's the essence of really understanding things, is to, is to come up with a model that people can – I mean, I think psychoeducation is really important, and, you know, it's I, – I mean, you're calling it oversimplification, but I actually think it's really important to put – um, to to put the types of discoveries we're making scientifically into words, you know, people can understand and need to understand. It's I think that we're often um, very hesitant to talk to uh, our patients about how the brain actually works, or teachers, you know, or parents won't really know that much about it and I think it's so important for people to understand that. I mean, a lot of the I've been treating technology addiction. Um, and uh, really for years, um, really long before I became a specialist yep. in that area. And, you know, so many of the kids who come in for treatment really have no idea what's going on in their brain. And they would even take an oversimplified version over the understanding they have, which is yep. nothing. And they yep. don't even, they're not even aware of the fact that when they use computer games for hours and hours on end, that it's creating a, a, an effect on their brain. 
Um, some of them, you know, that last weeks and months, and some of them that are permanent. And um, they, so, so really the only reasons they've been given up to the point they've seen me to stop their behaviors or to change their behaviors yep. is that, you know, they're, they're um, not doing well in school, they're having problems, they're having dysfunction. You know, the classic definition of addiction, you, you, you do something excessively even though it has negative consequences. But they don't really know all the negative consequences. They don't really know what it's doing to them on a, on a neurological level. Well, this is what's spectacular. Everybody, you, you have to go check out his website. And he's got this one video that talks about Candy Crush. And it's fascinating, Dr. Sussman, because you, you, you articulate it so well. It's a, very, it's a very easy game to learn, but it's really complicated mm-hmm. to be good at. And as I've described, the, the people who made the game, and again, everybody, this, I'm oversimplifying this. They kind of crack the code because they're preying on your primitive brain where you're seeking That's pleasure. Right. And a person will go do that, and it is – it, 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 it brings you into the thing, and, and you start to do it, and I think people don't begin to have a – they have a hard time not going back for the reward. And I, I don't want to get too far into this because I want to spend a lot more time in the next show, yeah. but they're, they're drawn into it, and they're, they're, they're the anticipation that they're going to get a reward or the actual reward is releasing that dopamine, and they're, they're, they're going at it. They're not able to use their executive functioning brain to say, stop, I need to stop this and go to bed or go do my homework, yep. and they do it over a period of time. And when that happens over a long, long term, what happens is I, I think you described this. The brain just gets tired from all that pleasure, and it's got to do something, and it begins to tolerate. Can you talk to us about what's going on in that situation? So yeah. you're, you're playing the game. You're getting that dopamine for a period of time, but I liked how you described it in your video. Your brain can't – it gets tired. It can't deal with that, and so it adjusts how? Well, it, it adjusts by a process called downregulation. Those receptors we were talking about, yep. um, like for example, the receptors on the postsynaptic neuron that actually send the pleasure signal down the pathway. Um, your brain actually gets rid of some of its receptors because it just can't take that constant pleasure coming in and stimulation. It needs homeostasis, um, and so. Uh, you know, because you have a lot more dopamine in the synapse, it compensates by by uh, destroying some of its own receptors to that dopamine. So that even though you're getting so much pleasure from your video game in the form of dopamine, you're not receiving as much. Uh, so you're you're you know you may after playing for hours find that you. Um, are developing tolerance, that you actually don't feel as much pleasure as you did when you started playing the game. And in some cases, you may play so long that you feel the same exact amount of pleasure that you felt um, before you started playing the game. Now, I've always heard that, like, addicts where you're using types of thing, um, uh, you need more and more of that drug over a period of time because you develop a tolerance. Is that a parallel? I mean, as you begin to Absolute use... parallel. In fact, okay. in fact, from the research we've done, there's, there's a tremendous amount of overlap. And in, in fact, it's very hard to tell any differences in particular regions of the brain that we're discussing, you know, with, between the, the, you know, for example, the, the, um, um, a metabolic imaging study of the brain with somebody with substance abuse 
versus um, a brain with someone with technology addiction. Um, mm-hmm. And there's even overlap with ADHD, but, but for those two particular things, substance abuse and, and technology addiction, there's very little differences in what's going on along these dopamine pathways. In fact, you're even seeing huge amounts of dopamine release, and you are seeing tolerance and withdrawal, which we could also talk about. Yeah, I want to I touch base on withdrawal uh, real quickly, and I want to go to a break and come back, because if you're, if you're, you're doing anything – uh, you're getting more and more dopamine, so your, your brain begins to, to put up a little bit of a tolerance. And then when you walk away from it, now you've built up this tolerance and you, you walk away and we're in a withdrawal phase. Just talk to us, like biologically, what's taking place in that phase? So if you go back to what we were discussing, there's now fewer receptors. Once, you're, once you've developed tolerance, there's fewer receptors to dopamine. But because you've walked away from the game, there's no longer all this dopamine being pumped out into the synapse. So now yep. that you have receptors, uh, the the um, you're you're actually getting less pleasure than you were before you started playing, um, because you have less dopamine and fewer receptors to catch the dopamine. And the problem is that unlike dopamine, um, receptors take a long time to get in the synapse. They you know your brain has to make them. Uh, so it, it takes a while. It's not like you can make a neurotransmitter immediately, um, or at least you can you can um, eject it into a synapse immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas receptors, you know, they're actually part of the structure of of the lining of the brain, and it takes the brain, you know, weeks to months to um, to build them back yep, up again, yep. depending on how much they've been downregulated. So yep. that that can create a withdrawal state. Uh, in, in technology addiction, for example, it's been described that for you know several days after playing video games, um, you'll see kids become irritable, uh, angry, um, uh, restless, and so uh, and that that was actually very consistent um, when they when they studied a yep. lot of people with uh, with actual with problematic video game use. Tell you what, I want to just tell a fun story. It's not a great analogy, but an interesting metaphor that I kind of like that, w- that really I think will kind of highlight that um, after the break, and then we'll kind of wrap some stuff up, at least for this side. Um, everybody, we are doing two more shows. This is just trying to talk about the biology. We're going to talk about uh, some of the challenges of that, this space with, with uh, digital addiction and treatment um, in our subsequent two shows. If you are listening, though, you've got to go to Dr. Sussman's website. It's Clifford Sussman md.com uh check out the video because he does a great visual representation our secret word tonight is part one again our secret word is part one we'll be right back after these messages you're listening to attention talk radio we'll return in a moment your life your world your choice this is attention talk radio change your life by learning more about managing adhd other places give you a few tips the ADD Coach Academy will change your life to find out more go to addca.com slash ATR that's addca.com slash ATR are you always late the time timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better as time passes time timers bright red disc disappears Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. 
Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Clifford Sussman talking about uh, ADHD screen addiction, really kind of the biology. And so far, we've talked about kind of really simplified things that the dopamine uh, neurotransmitter is a reward neurotransmitter. And we kind of have this two-level brain system, the automatic brain, and those with ADHD kind of are, are I mean, they, they, they enjoy it. They go after it. And the ability to kind of pause and override that urge to go after something where they might get dopamine is really difficult for them. And before the break, uh, we, we had talked about dopamine. We had talked about tolerance. We had talked about withdrawal. And I have to tell this story, Dr. Sussman, I was uh, doing some research and really enjoying learning a lot on um, boredom a couple of years ago and learned that there's different kinds of boredom. And one of them is agitated boredom, which the research suggests that those with ADHD have a lot more difficulty with. And the definition of it I've always enjoyed, it's, they describe it as the physical discomfort yeah. where a person is motivated to escape the plight. Or as, I've, as I have rephrased it, they're physically uncomfortable and they're motivated to get comfortable. And I do a lot of talking with maybe parents or significant others. And I say, you know, have you ever been like in the cold? Like, I mean, it was really, really cold. I mean, it's like five below yep. and you're somewhere and you're physically mm-hmm. uncomfortable and yep. you're going to break into something just to get warm. And I say that because yep. it's that you can, I can begin to get people to understand and identify without in their yep. life. And what I'm hearing is without that dopamine, these people are physically uncomfortable and they're motivated right. to, to find that dopamine. And they start pacing the cage. They get argumentative. They get agitated. And we'll talk about this later, whereas if you're a parent dealing with this, it's almost like you don't even want to deal with it because of the bear that you've got pacing the cage. And I'm yeah. sensing that they are in an agitated state because they're physically mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And it's tough to deal with. Is that – I mean – I'm sensationalizing a little bit to kind of get people to like notice that this is nobody likes to be in this position, right? Yeah, yeah, and look, absolutely, and you know, there's a case to be made that um, what may feed the agitation even more is that if you're bored, as you described, if you're uh, if, if you're agitatedly bored, was that the way you put it? Um, yep. If you know, not only not only are you uncomfortable. Uh, because you're no longer getting pleasure, you're 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 uncomfortable because you're not getting stimulation in general, and you yep. might even take, you know, an adverse uh, consequence. You might even take, you know, some kind of a yep. negative stimulus over no stimulus because at least you won't be bored. You know, so yes. you might do something self-destructive, or you might start a fight, or you might, you know, get yourself into trouble, or get what they call negative attention from your parents, because um, you need some kind of stimulation for the brain. Because dopamine pathways are are um, are, are activated by all kinds of stimulation and anticipation. It doesn't yeah. necessarily just have to be one that gives you pleasure. And uh, you know, but what it doesn't like is boredom. So we frame this out in a biological perspective because now we start to take a look at addiction and we're talking about 
um, I, years ago, I interviewed Dr. Barkley and his, his new notion that ADHD is an executive function issue, which largely is self-regulation. And I boiled it down in some simple terms. It's the ability to engage the executive functioning brain, the inhibitory brain, to override the primitive brain. Now, the primitive brain is locked on to dopamine because it's, built, it's baked into us to survive, to procreate, to go yep. find mood. And now we have digital games that the brain can't tell the difference between that and what's really kind of going on. The effect is the same. So as we get into this, we begin to see how digital addiction and ADHD are both one of self-regulation because it's the ability to stop and pause and go, all right, I got to leave. I got to yeah. I got to leave the bar and go home and go do my homework. I got to put Candy Crush down and go home and go to bed and do my homework. And in this space, we talked about ADHD and substance abuse and area being in that issue. And I, we interviewed uh, uh, Dr. Kenneth Bloom some time ago, and I, I, I really liked the first time, first question I ever asked him. I said, Dr. Bloom, are we addicted to drugs or are we addicted to dopamine? He said, well, actually, we're addicted to dopamine. The drugs yep. that we take are the ones that release that. And I'm framing this out because, again, we talked about Candy Crush is that's a very simple game. And the architects, I think, have been a spectacular job at eliciting either the release of dopamine or getting you to anticipate the dopamine. So now you're locked onto that. The primitive brain is chasing that stuff down. Now we got a, a real tough time because we got to somehow help those with ADHD and quite frankly, the rest of the population learn how to pause and override yep. it. And that. That is no simple trick. Yeah, well, think about what you're, what you're saying. I mean, with the with being addicted to dopamine instead of drugs. Um, yep. Any drug that we take, I mean, I think that's that's a great way of putting it because any any substance that we use, regardless of what receptor in our brain it initially uh, triggers, it will eventually make its way down to this dopaminergic pathway and get dopamine flowing. So, and, you know, it really is about about the dopamine release. Yep. And and you do a great job in your videos talking about this addiction is it's immediate and it feels good kind of instantaneously. Yeah. So I'm like, I know nicotine does it, cocaine does it, alcohol does That's it. Right. I understand chocolate can do it. Yeah. Uh, gambling the rush, shopping the rush, acts of daring. Um, exercise is a little yeah. bit of a buildup, but, but that can kind of impact it. So you begin to look at all these things that have a high correlation between that and ADHD. So now we've got somebody who has got a self-regulation issue that is playing a game that requires them to self-regulate, and we've got yeah. a challenge here. That's right. Uh, by the way, you know, you, may, you, you mentioned a wonderful list of all these things that, that are addictive, which I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned nicotine on that list, because I think that points out one of the biggest sort of myths and misunderstandings about addiction. You know, people, people think that um, uh, people often think that the most important factor in what makes something addictive is how high it gets you. You know, which is why yep, yep. heroin is so addictive, for example. Um, but actually, um, what's what's probably even more important than that is how fast it gets you high. You know, the time between when you use a substance and when you feel yep. its effect. And heroin, you're injecting into your bloodstream, so it gets you yep. high right away. Cigarettes are don't make you even close to as high as heroin does, but you get the effect right away, and that's what makes cigarettes so addictive. Uh, and so the same can be said about a lot of these behavioral addictions, process addictions. 
Now, now I want to I want to start kind of wrapping this up, but a little bit just as an aside out there, as a as a as a coach uh, working with those with ADHD, I've just named a whole bunch of things that elicit dopamine that maybe are not necessarily so good. But there's other areas I've seen some people that have an insatiable appetite um, to solve problems. Or I actually uh, coached a psychiatrist one time, and he just his addiction is uh, scientific journals or the emergency of a situation. And I don't we don't really have any statistics on it or research, but it's hypothesized that Marines, people in the emergency room, there's a higher percentage of those that are there. Many actors that get on stage. There's a lot of things that you can get your rush from that are not necessarily negative, which I know as a coach, I'm looking for that more positive stuff so that we can say, hey, let's go get more of that and use it as a way to, to move away from some of these things. But the reason I'm just really framing that stuff out, oh, it's not bad. There's actually some more natural ways for those with ADHD to kind of get their fix that can be very positive. And when you see somebody with ADHD who's landed something, a, a career, and they've got the support structures, you can see how they can really thrive in some of those environments. So. Um, any last things that we need to talk about biologically before we wrap this up and work on the next show? Well, um, you know, I think you covered a lot of, of the most important points. Um, the biology is, as you alluded to several times, is like, is very, very complex. Um, so I think it's really just, uh, about getting people to, um, want to learn more and do more research and understand this more. So we're going to wrap this thing up, but I'm, everybody there is everybody looks at attention deficit disorder, and you, you hear deficit disorder. I mean, after all, it's in the title, but you can sit there and say you can see a child or an adult with a playing gaming. Their issue is not paying attention to the game; it's actually in, letting go. It's unengaging their attention. And again, we'll talk about ADHD as a self-regulation issue, and some of the other shows, but we can begin to see a real strong correlation. So, with that, Dr. Sussman, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Again, everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Remember, our secret word tonight is part one. With that, hope you've learned something. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.